We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for. Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. So the uh, last conversation that Chris and I had was with David Robbins and um, he was sharing that they had just recently, they've just recently moved to Orlando. And one of the things that he talked about that stood out to Chris and I was the importance of saying goodbye to places. And I, even as he was talking, I began imagining the conversation that you and I would have about this because we're very familiar with saying goodbye to places. Oh my goodness. Yes. And places hold stories. Well, we met, uh, while we were both working in the airline industry, um, and, uh, you know, living an adventure, so to speak. Um, but with that, uh, and I'm sure many military children can, can identify with this as well, but, but I think we've moved maybe what more than 15 times in our marriage trace, uh, 17, something and six, seven, maybe eight of those have been at least a thousand miles cross country. Right. So we definitely have had some places in our marriage for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. I mean, how to even start with with the places. So we we and we have both lived in places where we were children. So I, you know, we moved to Portland where you grew up. Mm-hmm. I lived there for a while as a, a little girl. I did not remember much, um, but we drove by some of like at least one of the houses that I that I lived in, but that was interesting as we tried to make shared memories in a place that I think you had always hoped we would live in Portland. Like that was home for you. I mean, and I remember that uh, even the, we lived in Portland right after we got married and then we lived in Portland again, uh, probably a, was it a decade, not quite a decade into our marriage, um, but close. And that was a move home for you. Yeah. You know, there's something for in your mind at the time. Yeah. There's something for my spirit that feels uh, the, the tranquility of the, the tall mountains and the green forest just feels uh, comforting to me. Um, And uh, yet uh, places are more than just the topography. There are people and there are relationships and there are homes and there are spaces that impact uh, those memories as well. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. One thing that was unique about Portland, about that, you talked about that returning. Uh, I, I had been raised in, in it very modestly. Um, and so when we moved, we moved into a, a pretty exclusive uh, neighborhood in the southeast side of Portland, the Moreland uh, area. Actually, we lived in East Moreland and right, right adjacent to a golf course. And uh, that had really felt like a homecoming for me in many ways. Um, and so, yeah, that it, it was a, a just a, a treasured year in, in, in many ways. And certainly there were the, the family uh, involvement there that sometimes taint some of that. But I try and, and hold uh, with some degree of ambivalence, both the beauty and, and the ugliness of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't allow ambivalence to uh, disrupt me as much as I think I once did. 
So I can, I can hold the beautiful memories alongside some, some really sorrowful memories in, in places. But, but I think places are so important. Tracy, I think of maybe one of our last moves when we lived in Michigan, we had a sunroom and the, the ceiling was glass as well as the walls. And that, that really became a sanctuary amidst the trees in all the seasons, when the leaves were changing, when the snow was falling, mm-hmm. when the sun was shining. Uh, we loved that Four Seasons room off the back of that house. And that was, there, is, there are memories that emerge from that space that are completely distinctive and unique as a result of the space. Mm-hmm. I, so as I think about the places that we've lived, we've rented homes, we've lived in apartments, we've lived in townhouses, we've lived in, um, uh, in homes that, w- that we've rented, that we've purchased. Um, and I, you know, I, when I think about where we have been intentional, and I think it took some time for us to, to start to realize that we needed to say goodbye to, there were places that we needed to say goodbye to. It was yeah. a maturing process for us to realize um, some of that. And uh, I, for me, um, one of the first, I mean, our first home uh, was in Phoenix and we bought that actually in Mesa right after Stephen was born. We weren't there very long, but I do remember that in the packing up of that and the leaving, there was, there was something a little different it felt different to say goodbye to a home that we had owned to say goodbye to the home, like the first home that we had purchased, um, felt big. And that one, I, I also remember how hopeful it was as we were leaving that house, we were, we were headed for another home that we had bought that felt significant because we were well into our marriage before we bought our first house. And we had just had Steven. So we'd had three kids. Um, it's funny too because I think that first home we purchased, we purchased this home was fifteen hundred and forty-three square feet. You would remember that, <laughs> and, and, and you would it, remember it what we felt, paid for it too. It, I do, but yeah. it felt so massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think I can ponder it uh, in regard to our last home that we owned that were was nearly four thousand, and uh, oh my goodness, uh, in every space, uh, I just hold just the uniqueness of just like we meet, we meet people in our lives. So too, do we meet spaces in our lives? Uh, and I think that's important because uh, as I ponder relationships that I hold, uh, I interact with my prayers and with my friends differently when I know the spaces that they occupy mm-hmm. and think of the frequency with which you'll, you'll have a conversation via phone and, and you'll ask someone in which space are you? Mm-hmm. And we have some friends that we, uh, that are on the East coast right now. And uh, especially with Zoom, on occasion, they'll be in their hot tub. Right. Uh, and we'll talk to them while they're in their hot tub. And it's so joyous. We experience joy uh, because we experience the space that they're in mm-hmm. also. Um, so I think that's really the spaces that we occupy impact greatly at the lives that we live. I remember when, uh, so the, the house we, that I have lived in the longest in my life was a house I lived in with you and one five zero one four Heimer. Oh my goodness, yeah. And um, that don't make me cry as we just even as we talk about it. But that I remember, I remember um, the days that we were packing 
packing and, and getting ready to, uh, to leave that house. And that was a hard move because we didn't know where we were going. But not only did we need to say goodbye to that house, but the young adults that that, that had been like a second home or just maybe an important space to them came to say goodbye yeah. to the house. And I, oh, I remember them like walking in and, um, and literally needing to be with us in that space so that they could they could remember things that happened for them in that home and then leave it. And, um, and do you remember how we left that house? The last thing we did? Uh, we prayed for the next owners. And we prayed, we walked, you and I walked every room. We walked every room of the house and prayed. Yeah. Um, I think that was such a, I think that was a sacred thing that we did in that house. And, um, uh, and we had never done that no. before. You know, and, and one of the reasons is we literally had entertained thousands and thousands of guests in that home and served thousands and thousands of meals. Now, certainly, you know, one person might have had 20 or 30 or 40 meals there. Oh, but, but yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm just counting him as one every encounter. Every Monday night for you, you know, though, a decade. That, Tracy, it was that space, that home that... Um, gave me a look in, into ambivalence as well. Um, that was the first home where I had left the public sector uh, and, and entered vocational ministry uh, that I'll just refer to as the private sector. And so it's weird because that space represented for our oldest two daughters, uh, just a freeing of their father to be home and be in their presence because we did so much, uh, my work, my ministry was out of the home. Uh, and it was, it was, it, held a very unique space for our two oldest daughters. Conversely, um, my, my son, Stephen, who had not really been of uh, memory age, he was young when I was in the hospitality industry and we moved and, and uh, those late hours and those uh, long, long uh, week, weekend working uh, sessions. Seminary. It was seminary. I mean, you were in seminary while we were there. Well, I'm thinking before, before I started seminary, but Stephen didn't, didn't have the loss of my time and presence through the hospitality industry. So he actually, where the girls were rejoicing in my availability at home and being there, Stephen recognized that our home seemed to always be occupied. Right, with other and, people. And he had mm -hmm. a different perspective on the move because it was in a time where he began to develop memory and he recognized what that season looked like for him. So for two of our children, it was a, 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 an upgrade, a delight, a joy. And, and for Stephen, it was, there was sadness and sorrow and cost to that. And so I, I share that only to say, you can be in the same space and absolutely have it mean different things to different people. Oh, I think that that's, I think that that's true. And I remember uh, after we left there uh, and, uh, we went and spent um, like a week in Phoenix. My parents weren't at their house. So it was just, just our family that was there. And, uh, and Steven helped create a video. I think it still lives online somewhere. I mean, just a photo montage of our years living there. And I think that was part of saying goodbye to the house and goodbye to San Antonio um, for, for our kids was was like the literal marking of yeah. going back and like letting ourselves remember right these yeah. were the things 
Um, and you know, uh, like people, places, uh, it is honoring uh, to mourn mm -hmm. places and, and their death as you know it. The city continues on, but your season in that space uh, has, has ended. And, and there is a dying in that. Well, and when we still, we drive back to, we get back to San Antonio frequently. I mean, you know, whenever we want now yeah. from Austin. And, uh, and, and there are lots of good memories. I mean, and, and places inside of San Antonio that we still, you know, the Sonic where we ate with our kids and uh, where you would buy grape slushies to take to Dave, Dave Salisbury. Salisbury. Yeah. Um, and... And in Kalamazoo, you mentioned that the house in Kalamazoo, that was a different, I think we said goodbye well there also. And, and it was a different goodbying. Oh my goodness. Yes. That we did as we left uh, that house. I, and you, you were talking about the house three days ago. Yeah. And, and you know. Well, part of the, Part of the, the favor of that home for my heart was uh, we knew the people that owned the house before we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was just such life in that home. Legacy in that home. Yes, before yeah. we ever purchased it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, we took the life that they had uh, given it. And, and I remember I enjoyed it all year long because um, the wife had planted flowers and, and every season uh, spring would come around and for months we would have peonies or star lilies or uh, tulips or whatever it was. And, and her life in that home uh, continued to, to be brought forth. And then uh, I, I did some building in the basement and finished a couple rooms. Oh, the well, bathroom. the kids would talk about that. You, that, that they knew a house, isn't, a house isn't home until dad starts making it his own. <laughs> and you did a lot in that house. I mean, that bathroom. Yeah. The bathroom you built in the basement was unbelievable. And the bedroom, you put a bedroom and a bathroom into yeah. the basement of that house. And we thought that that house, we were sure. I mean, I remember the day we signed the papers buying that house. I remember sitting across the table from our friends and we were all sure that was the forever house. And yeah. we had bought it believing that we would, like they had, like we could live on the main floor of the house because of the way it was constructed. And that was even something that you thought about. And yep. I, you know, I imagine my grandbabies taking baths in that bathroom that you built in the downstairs. Um, and I remember walking into the rooms of that house and praying as we, as we came into it, thanking God for the house. It felt like a dream. Yeah. Um, and it felt like a death when we left. Do you yeah. remember that big, uh, the big, we had them bring, a, like, what do you call that giant, like, tomb of a trash can? Or not a trash, but like. A dumpster. A dumpster. <laughs> dumpster. Dumpster. That, How that big was, was that thing? It that was, was massive. That was repentance for me because mm -hmm. um, coming from scarcity mentality, there were, uh, you know, I, I'll save everything that I might Oh my use gosh, that someday. basement. Seven years and we had filled that basement and we knew we needed to. We, were gonna, we weren't going to be leaving with everything that was in that yeah, house, yeah. right? Um, and I, I can remember that. The, the dumpster in the driveway felt like a tomb. It was so big. And yeah. I, you, know, you open that door on the back end of it, and I would walk in and toss stuff in there. I even wrote a poem about it. Um, but that was saying goodbye there 
uh, and there were more, there were, I, I remember taking the, uh, taking the girls to Plainwell ice cream for the last time yeah. because that was a thing Fridays. And even just this week, Ellie was talking about a um, empty space in the neighborhood um, here. In the neighborhood here, and she's like, "If they, if somebody put in an ice cream place like Plainwell Ice Cream, everybody would stop there on their way home from school, just like we used to stop." Mm -hmm. And I love that. You know, for her, there was that sweet. That was a sweet thing from the time she was just itty bitty. I mean, four years old, and going to Plainwell Ice Cream was a thing that we did. Yeah. You know, so as we've talked about the homes that we just mentioned, Phoenix, Coupland, San Antonio, uh, Kalamazoo, there's a unity that really runs through their trace. But I, I thought probably should mention one uh, where it was pretty um, divisive for us and I, uh, for, uh, in a little way, in some ways. And, and that was the season we spent back on the East Coast uh, near BWI when I worked out of Washington, D.C. Uh, and that was a space where... I was thrilled and I'm hobnobbing with senators and congressmen and eating lobster at, uh, you know, national conferences and stuff like that. And, but my income was quite modest. And so you're at home and you're, we have. Uh, or at Macy's. Yeah, or at Macy's. <laughs> and, and we have a, heat, a Working. Heat, heating oil. We had a, an oil mm -hmm. tank. And at one time I'm in the district. Uh, and with our car, the only car we yeah, had. The only car, we had one car. And you're literally with no heat at home with our daughter. Who had ever heard of a heating tank? I grew up in the Southwest. We're, yeah, West Coast. What in the world? Who needed this? a heating Who tank? Who needed it? And there were, I don't even think, there were no cell phones. We didn't have cell phones then. I think you must have called, or maybe I had called the office and left a message for you that you needed to call me. And um, yeah, and you, you called and I'm like, the heat won't work. And, and I remember you being quiet at the other end and you're like, oh, I bet we're out of oil. And I was like, what, what are you even talking about? And we didn't, ha we didn't have enough money to fill the oil tank. We were so yeah. tight back then. But I bring up that, that BWI home for, for this reason is uh, two people can occupy the same space and the season in that space can have radically different impact on their spirits. I remember as we were leaving Baltimore, you had people, you had people that you, you went and got a beer with a couple of guys. You, there was another friend you wanted to go say goodbye to. And I had no one. Yeah. I, I didn't need to say goodbye to anyone or anything. Um, and, and that, I think that's indicative of, of what you're describing. Yeah. Um, places hold stories and the stories that Baltimore held for you were different than the stories that Baltimore held for me. Yeah. And listen to those stories right. because uh, we can look back on it and there's always something to be learned from the tales those places tell. It's true. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Marriage Podcast, where each week we're bringing you personal and professional stories to help your relationship. You can learn more about us at restorationcounselingnoco.com or find out more about the Thrive Marriage Lab membership community over in our digital laboratories, restorylabs.com. We open membership up only twice a year, so make sure you join the waitlist to be the first to know. We'll see you same time, same place next week.